You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It's Thursday, September the 29th, and we have a, uh, a competitive, a competitively intelligent show for you today. Um, well, at the uh, Digital World Expo conference in Vegas last week, Dave snagged Mike Roberts, founder and president of SpyFu, as our as our guest today, and um, you know, Dave, great catch! Oh my goodness, like what a great guest! I know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I had the uh, the pleasure of uh, sharing a stage with the guy uh, two days in a row, both Monday and Tuesday. We were both speaking on advanced SEO, and uh, yeah, just uh, we clicked, and I thought fantastic. Uh, fantastic guy uh, for an interview because I wanted to continue on but of course I didn't want to monopolize the questions while we were there um, doing a session together so fantastic we'll uh, we'll have him up on the show and I'm really looking forward to it don't you, I mean, don't, don't you actually hate, you hate when that happens when you're, when you're on a panel and for some reason or another you're the one who the audience gets really interested in you almost feel bad for the for the fellas or for the, for the folks sitting beside you <laughs> well in this case uh, it was interesting because I think both of us deal with different things, and so we'd have these questions, and then both of us would kind of be um, answering, and, and we'd answer a little different. And there were a couple points where we'd ask the other person, like what we were doing, because it was a it was a smaller show than than say uh, you know SES or something like that, where you don't have that sort of familiarity um, to put out. But 
And I guess because we didn't compete with each other, it was, it was a neat opportunity where he'd ask me a question while he was doing his thing, or I'd ask him a question while um, while I was doing mine, and sort of go, you know, what do you do in this situation? It was it was really really interesting, and because it was it was a you know a, a smaller room, um, we were able to answer, and both of us have, as as you know, you know, fairly uh, pronounced voices, so they carry well. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was just a lot of fun, and, and had a chance to go out and. Uh, uh, you know, chat with him in, in one of the one of the parties, watching a guy get an augmented tattoo, which uh, you know is is a pretty cool cool technology that uh, the digital world um, ended up uh, ended up developing in conjunction with Skywire Media. So neat thing, but we can get into that uh, get into that later. It's a it's a cool little thing that they developed. Um, but uh, but we've got news now. Unfortunately, um, I was on a plane through yesterday, coming back from Digital World Expo and, and all that sort of stuff. So I have not um, for the last few days been able to keep up as much as I would like on the news. But but you do know some stuff that's going on. Um, so what? Uh, I'll ask you. I will interview you for the next few minutes. What is going on in the world of uh, uh, the, the world of the internet? Well, um, you missed some fun stuff. Uh, I'll start with what I think is the biggest story, at least in the uh, SEO field today, and that's um, well, this is almost reminiscent of Jason Gambert. You remember, remember a couple of years ago when that when that guy tried to patent the process of search engine optimization? <laughs> yes, I do. He got he got shut down when uh, the SEO community, uh, led by the the phenomenal Ray Drysdale. Um, Questioned the the validity of the patent at the U.S. Post at the U.S. Patent Office. Well, mm-hmm. another patent has gotten through that no one seems to have noticed. It was granted yesterday. It was granted to Business Wire, a press release firm, um, who has patented a method of optimizing press releases. Now, I'm reading here from their uh, from their from their news release, but as they say it. BusinessWire announced on Wednesday it's been awarded a U.S. patent for the technological process of optimizing and distributing press releases to maximize their ability to be found and tracked in leading search engines. The unique proprietary approach to maximizing the search engine optimization for press release content is a result of years of research and development and considerable investment. The newly patented process helps users increase the availability, ranking, and click-through rates of press releases online, particularly in search engines. Okay. Okay. Um, that, again, is directly from uh, the Business Wire press release. But um, Danny Sullivan, as he will, did a little bit of digging and um, discovered that, in fact, the Business Wire patent covers an invention that was actually made a few years back by SEO Notables, Greg Jarbo, uh, Chris O'Donnell, and Dana Todd, who started a company called Newsforce. Well, it seems Newsforce, um, now, now, Greg and Chris have since, Newsforce is defunct. Greg and uh, Chris now run SEO PR, and um, Dana is the, just, you know, the, the, the internationally known SEO copywriter. Um, but it's their, 
um, how, how to say this? It's their online machine for helping people optimize their own press releases that seems to be covered in this patent. Now, that raises a bunch of questions. I mean, uh, Greg Jarbo, Chris O'Donnell, and Dana Todd have always been highly, highly regarded in the, in the search marketing community. They are people of, of not only incredibly good reputation, these three are elders in our community. Sorry, Dana, but it's, it's true. It's, it's a young industry. Um, and uh, it just, you know, seems... You know, I, I, I keep giving myself head shakes seeing a method of SEO, even, even if it's an electronic method, you know, helping people provide optimization to their own documents electronically, I find it weird that that has been patented. Is there a legal battle going to stem from this? Um, what if somebody copies their method by having or comes close to the method of electronic self-optimization? Um, I think this opens a really interesting can of worms. I, I completely agree. I mean, that's just, I mean, and you know what, I'll bet 99% of our listeners do, and the other one are, I don't know, patent lawyers who love this kind of stuff. But, um, you know, and, and likely so, because that's the game of what they do. Um, I don't see, I mean, unless they have something technologically in the background, which should be the, the thing of the patent itself, um, the, the, the technology of what they may be doing. It's, it's a really funny situation because the only thing that's really could be patentable um, would be a technology that they built to, to automate things, which of course goes in direct violation of uh, a whole lack of best practices <laughs> and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, do, I, I think you, you likened it um, to the case of trying to patent the SEO method um, from, a, from a few years ago. And this just doesn't make sense. And, you know, I think this highlights, and we've seen, you know, many, many, many cases of this over the years, you know, the tubes of the Internet and stuff. Um, one of the core problems that, that we're really facing right now is where people who are legislators and people who are, um, you know, obviously sitting at the patent office, one has to assume they just don't understand that this, these types of areas, there's many things you can patent in the area, you know, the search engine and, and social media and, and realm and that sort of thing. Um, but these sort of areas where you're trying to patent a method that's just more or less commonly accepted um, in a lot of cases, specific aspects of it, how they can allow these these patents to go through. Again, if it's if it's a technology thing that they're trying to patent, okay, I understand that, albeit that it would it would likely be in violation of Google's guidelines and, and best practice. Well, yeah, yeah. Just uh, just to be clear, I, w- I want to interject really quickly. Just to be clear, it is a technology. It's a web. Ba- it's a series of web-based forms that, you know, active forms that, will change the document as you input information to it. It's a uh, seven-page process one goes through to optimize their press releases using this tool, as as I understand it. But so it's the tool that's being that's being patented. But that tool does, um, a that tool. I, I can think of off the top of my head a half dozen electronic optimization tools that, that are similar to this, although they're not necessarily in the uh, uh, press release sector. But, uh, you know, the tool augments titles, it augments headlines, it adds um, it adds the, the uh, headings in appropriate places, um, you know, effective backlinking, etc. So, the processes that we all use 
the techniques that we all use are included in the tool, but the way the the uh, tool moves information from interface to actual release. That's what I believe has been patented. But nevertheless, it still covers steps that every SEO does. Well, see, and, that's, and that's the thing. And if it's the actual technology, the use of those forms in that way and, and that sort of thing, that I would have no specific problem with. But if they're wanting, if the patent is including the output, like i.e., I couldn't, you know, basically produce the same thing, uh, and do that manually. Well, now that becomes that becomes a big point of contention. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is, is where does that line get crossed? What if I went there and 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 went through their process and then went, oh, okay, well, that's the output. So now, you know, now I'm going to do that. Um, you know, and, and but do it manually. Well, I haven't used their technology, so I, I'll be really, really interested to see where this line gets drawn. Um, in regards to how how this patent is is applied, if it's applied in you know PR web can't now go out and create these exact same forms. Now that's a patent of the technology, and I, I have absolutely no problem with that. But if, you know, uh, an SEO went out there and and sort of was inspired by by their use of things and and sort of what they're trying to do as a as a philosophy. Well, that's what we all do. Like all of us are looking at competitors and look, you know, how are they doing their titles? And, you know, how's that going through rain or whatever? Um, you know, that sort of thing would be, uh, I think, just open up a whole can of worms. Um, yeah, that would um, lead to just a whole bunch of frivolous, uh, frivolous patents that would just, you know, basically negate each other and, and everything that's being done right now. Indeed, indeed. Well, you know what the uh, the. This is a story that we're definitely going to be looking at in the future. Something's bound to come up with it. And uh, that actually that, that reminds me of a comment I heard the other day. Um, maybe maybe a comment I'm about to hear. Um, so, uh, we don't serve particles that move faster than light in here, growled the bartender. So, this neutrino walks into a bar. That was... A, it, it, I gained a couple seconds in my life when I was getting that joke. Um... And uh, it, it stems back to the bizarre, head-blowing discovery at CERN, um, the, 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 the particle accelerator in, uh, in Switzerland, where they actually observed neutrino particles moving faster than light. Um, this isn't the first time this has been observed. It was actually observed at the uh, um, Large Halvorn Collider uh, uh, Fermilab just outside of Chicago in 1990, or I'm sorry, in 2007. But their margin of error was too great. Um, the folks at CERN apparently have a very low margin of error. Now they're asking scientists um, in Japan and in Chicago to, um, well, to confirm their findings. And if, uh, if uh, those findings are in fact confirmed, our understanding of the universe just shifted to the left at like 189,000 miles per second. Oh, indeed. Indeed. If not faster. Maybe a little bit faster than the speed of light. Um, I mean, I, I, I find this, obviously, I, I'm a geek, so, so I love this kind of stuff. Um, I found that really interesting. You know what I found most notable about this story? I mean, it, yes, it, it would completely change everything because our entire core understanding um, has, uh, of the way the universe works, has held um, since Einstein first sort of developed his, his theories. 
Um, and, and, and the idea that matter can't travel faster than light is, has held since that time, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, okay, here's, here's a new thing. Um, but one, one of the things I found most interesting about that is the speed, and this has nothing to do with science, the speed with which um, they came out with that news, and now they immediately called on the rest of the community. Now, maybe there's something like, you know, maybe business wire should take this philosophy, but the, the thing that I found really interesting is, is because we keep hearing about science, and, and a lot of the science that we hear about is, is um, from the drug industry and this and that, right? Everybody's trying to protect stuff. And it was really refreshing to see a group of scientists go, this is freaking awesome. Can everybody verify this? Right? And, and, and what a, what a, that was the part that I actually really liked about the story when I first heard it, was just this openness and just a quick, like, um, you know, jumping on, okay, we verified what we can, can everybody else verify this, because this is, is Wilbur, or, or, or just absolutely mind-blowing, which it is. Um, and, and, and then to call, the, call on the rest of the community in that openness, and they've shared all the data that they've done, and they've shared their methods of, of doing their testing yeah. and stuff like that, and basically going, find me to be wrong. Right? What a great, um, what a great community um, that kind of is, where they they just immediately want that sort of feedback on something. So, um, you know, it sort of strikes me that that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, great science is, is peer reviewed and peer reviewable. That's how you know we beat the crap out of hypotheses and make them take them from theory to fact or to known. Yeah. I shouldn't say fact to known understanding. Um, I'm I'm just blown away by this story. Uh, the, the the implications of it, and this is this is beyond like transporters and moving faster than light. I'm thinking quantum computing is uh, is, is where my mind raised. Uh, where will we be in 20 years from now? In in, in the realms of short term. Um, not so sure about time travel. I mean, I'm going to steal a line from Arthur C. Clarke. The uh, greatest evidence against time travel is the utter lack of time travelers around us. Well, and I mean, oh. then you get into into the case of I mean, my you know, my dad telling me back when when he was a youth, and that that barrier, that that four minute mile, right? I mean, that was that was the thing, and in, in his trying to beat that four minute mile, um, and then once, of course, once it gets beaten, you know, now now that's just common. There's there's many fantastic runners, and it's just okay. How much past four minutes can we get? <laughs> that that sort of thing. And I wonder, like, I mean, we're dealing with. On the quantum level, huge, huge leaps past, past past the speed of light. But as far as as fractions of the total speed of light, now I don't know the exact number. But we're not dealing with you know double or triple the speed of light or something like that. But then you've got to wonder how fast, how how far past that four minute mile can we go? Like once we know that we can move things or, or that things can move faster than the speed of light, how much faster? And, and how do we push them? And what parts of the reality now cave? Because the, the belief has always been once you once you approach the speed of light, time changes. Well, what happens once well, you pass <laughs> that? And this is the first time we'll get a chance to observe that. You know, well, while I've been in this space for most of my life, the rest of us have finally got up to the question of what is reality in the first place? You know, me. Anyway, so that just tickles, tickles my brain on, you know, an otherwise day devoted just to technology. Um, this, I love theoretical theoretical uh, technology and quantum physics. But we have, you know what? We have two minutes before we got to a commercial break. And uh, what are we? Gonna, what should we do? Should we talk about Elvis or should we talk about uh, GOP presidential hopeful Rick Santorum? <laughs> say that right. Um, hey, hey, say that right. Rick. Okay, uh, Rick Santorum. Thank you. 
How about be fair and balanced? A okay? frothy mix of. Put your biggest <laughs> sign down, Jim. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Thank sorry. you. Rasco voted for us. We're talking about Rick Santorum. <laughs> okay, so uh, Rick Santorum is running for GOP nomination for uh, for president. He's um, well, he's of the Tea Party side of the GOP, and uh, in two thousand and two, he compared homosexual homosexual acts to sex with dogs. Well, that really ticked off Dan Savage. Uh, a writer for, I believe at the time, the Seattle Weekly, um, who is now has a, a nationally uh, syndicated column. And he created a website called Spreading Santorum, where he asked his readers to, you know, give a definition for Santorum so that, that, that Rick Santorum's uh, homophobia and bigotry can be immortalized. And the best of the... Uh, of the definitions goes something like this. The frothy mix of ejaculate and fecal matter that is often the byproduct of anal sex. And that has become, you know, the the hipster or the urban dictionary definition of centaurum. Well, that page got a lot of links. Got a spreading centaurum got a lot of links. And naturally because the links were relevant to the topic, it rose to the top of, uh, of, of, of Google search results when a search for Rick Santorum is conducted. Now, it's been like this for quite a while. This isn't actually a Google bomb, because um, this is actually an existing website, not, a, uh, not trying to direct links to, like, an article or to... Um, to a joke, this is an existing an existing website that looks at Rick Santorum and his policies, and you know is sort of focused around this um, tongue in cheek, so to speak, definition of, uh, of of for his last name. Now that he's running for president, he has a problem being compared to the frothy mix of ejaculate and fecal matter that is often the byproduct of anal sex. Who wouldn't? Um, and he wants Google to remove that result. So Danny Sullivan took a good long look at the. <laughs> so Danny Sullivan took a good long look at the Santorum issue, and came up with a great article. Uh, should Rick Rick Santorum's Google problem be fixed? And uh, as much as I love bashing. Uh, the very bigoted side of the GOP, and, you know, it's undeniably Rick Santorum represents that. Um, Danny's look at the issue is actually a, a great look at how pages rank on Google and why, and also on the ethics of removing search results. You know, when is it ethical to, when is it not ethical, ethical to, and, um, you know, I think for anybody in the industry, it's, it's worth a read. A for a good giggle, and B, um, it's 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 a very good look at how Google and Bing actually rank websites. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 I did have a chance to read the article. I think it's spot on. Um, in that, uh, like he, he brings up the valid point: if Google does it now, when when don't they? What's going to happen? And they're right to my trust. Um, 
you know, in, in, in the scope of things. I mean, how, what am I going to feel if I know that Google's going to go in when politicians complain um, and start removing results? And where does it stop? I mean, yes, I get that this is a very, very unique situation that could happen to very few politicians. Um, but if they pull this one, what's the next one? That sort of that sort of side of things. If every time a politician complains, will they will they pull it? What happens to corporations do that happen to be large and that Google's in business with? Right? I mean, absolutely. Where where does it end? And and thus far, I mean, I, Danny makes a great point. Recommended reading for all our for all our listeners, of course, over on uh, on Search Engine Land. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got to stick to their guns. I'm sure they will. I mean, if you look at, you know, backlinks and stuff like that, yeah. you know, this is an algorithm, and they're they're just obeying the algorithm. And, and so there we go. I mean, you know, maybe Rick needs to hire some SEOs to, to do a better job for him and get, get on some reputation management and stop complaining. Absolutely. Proactive. Be proactive, Rick. Uh, go out there and change the world. Anyway, on that... <laughs> On that, we got to take a break. We're going to be coming back with uh, with Mike Roberts, president and founder of SpyFu. We're going to be talking about competitive and keyword intelligence. But before we can get to that, we have to do this commercial message sort of thing here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. So this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Stay tuned. We're back with Mike Roberts, president and founder of SpyFu. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f***. Performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's uh, September the 29th, and we're just entering an interview that we've been waiting for for a week now. Uh, we have on the phone Mike Roberts, president and founder of SpyFu. Uh, Mike and Dave were on the same two of the same panels at the uh, Digital World Expo conference in Las Vegas last week. And uh, Mike, welcome to Webcology. Thanks a lot, guys. I uh, I've been listening to your show. I uh, love the uh, analysis of the Santorum thing. That's um, I think that'd make a great like uh, demo or something uh, SEO. Well, you know, apparently, and this is why you should never trust the media. Apparently, I got the quote wrong. Santorum, just to be clear, is actually a mixture of lube and fecal matter that is often the byproduct of anal sex. Um, my mistake is... Possibly I actually do that. <laughs> yeah, well, now I get to say it three times on the air. You don't get to do that every day. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, again, welcome to Webcology. Um, uh, in 25 words or less, spy food. Why, what, and uh, how should we, or, or, no, sorry, why, what, and why should we be using it? Okay, uh, SpyFu, you can type in any domain name, see every keyword that they've ever bought on Google. Uh, you can see every uh, organic listing that they've ever had. Um, you can even see every ad variation that they've ever run uh, throughout the course of, like, the last five years. Okay, why, um, why, did you start to, why did you start developing it? How long ago did you start developing it? Yeah, uh, like 2005, I released um, Goog Spy just sort of as a proof of concept for another company that I had, and uh, and it kind of took off like wildfire. Uh, we were in like the Wall Street Journal like the following week, and people just kept coming. So I was like, well, I guess I should probably build this thing, and um, so it took like about another 15 months or whatever to build actually SpyFu and. Um, you and I, we've been around ever since um, since 2006. We were the first to market of uh, modern, you know, competitive intelligence tools, and um, certainly still the best. Five years later, how's the adventure been going from uh, you know hands-on service provider to uh, data and information provider? Yeah, you know, it's great. Um, I mean, um, we're actually moving up the value chain. Um, the when when my, when I first did you know spy foo it was like well let's just kind of put the data out there and let people you know use it for whatever because you know honestly I was much less you know of an expert at that point of you know how you know the process works um, I was actually the reason that I built spy foo or Google spy originally was my own struggles just learning how to use Google AdWords and um, and you know because I wanted to find out what my competitors were doing and uh, so I. I built a tool. Um, now, I've kind of learned a few things, and, and, and it turns out that people don't have, you know, hours and hours a month or, you know, days to spend on competitive intelligence, and you really want to just kind of, like, look at, like, a report uh, and, you know, have it tell you everything and maybe have a little bit of opinion in there or just perspective that uh, you would expect to get from a human. And so that's, that's the sort of thing we're doing now. Whereas with SpyFu, you we, we, we track like 38 million domains, and so we can spend like a second or two per month per domain 
we've got recon files now that we've we released uh, the SEO version of recon files in March, and the idea there is you give us a domain and we'll spend you know literally ten days or, or you know anywhere between like a couple hours and many days depending on the size of the domain crunching and crunching and crunching and trying to calculate the best possible you know you know answers uh, to to your questions. Um, and putting them into a, a PDF report and uh, sending them over. And so we kind of flipped the whole analytics thing on its head from being like this interactive thing to just crunch and crunch and crunch and answer everything we possibly can. So now you, you, you bring up crunching to, to answer the questions. What kind of questions are you answering? Okay, so for like the SEO report, um, you know, some of the things that we're able to do is actually build out, like, keyword groups, um, which is which is a tough thing to do, and then prioritize them. Like, you can take, like, Newegg.com, and they've got, you know, 300,000 organic keywords. And what we do is we take those and we build, and build keyword silos, like hierarchies of keywords, and then figure out which, which ones represent the best opportunity, which groups represent the biggest opportunity, and then present them to you and say, here, write some articles about this stuff because these are your best opportunity based on the amount of clicks that you could pick up and the amount of money those clicks would be worth. So that's like, you know, something that people tend to spend a lot of time doing. Um, it's a time-consuming aspect of, of doing SEO, and that's something that we're able to automate if we work hard enough at it. Um, we're currently working on the PPC Competitive Intelligence Report, and something that we're able to do there is look at, like, all of, like, your competitors' ad history, like, everything that they've ever bought and stopped buying and say, hey, you're advertising on a keyword that nobody else has been successful on for the history of the keyword, right? So maybe, I mean, we think that of the 100,000 keywords that you're buying, you're showing up on, these ones warrant a look at maybe doing a negative match on because nobody's ever been successful. There's actually, Google doesn't tell you this, but there's keywords that nobody in the history has ever been successful on. Um, and we know that just by looking at people's behavior. They stop so buying it after a while. What are the core, then, philosophies governing us? I mean, there, there's, there's the raw data, and I remember, uh, you know, from, from sitting and listening to you chatting around the same panel, but, um, you're a data guy, which is fantastic because we're dealing with a mathematical algorithm, right? So, perfect. But yeah. obviously you need some human element in there to, to give people, you know, even if it's programmed in, some human element to, to provide the right advice. What are the core philosophies uh, of sorts, uh, especially when you're trying to deal with sure. that crossover? You know, you've got PPC data and, and you're trying to apply it to organic um, yeah. you know, recommendations and stuff. What, what, are the, what are the main philosophies you, you think an SEO needs to run with? Well, uh, so at least on PPC, here's here's the thing: is that our my my theory is that you you people waste money on paid search all the time. I waste money on paid search because I'm lazy. But people don't waste money. Oh, you know they they do it for a lot of reasons, right? Like sometimes you you just buy like your competitor's keyword because you want to, or you buy like a certain vanity keyword because you want to show up at the, at the top. Or whatever. People waste money for a variety of reasons. I think usually it's because they're asleep at the wheel. But the thing is, the core philosophy of figuring out what keywords work, which keywords are profitable, is that you don't waste a lot of money for a long time. 
So it's really important to get history. Like the history aspect of spy foo is the most valuable thing for predicting what's a good keyword and what's going to like succeed for you. Like even in terms of ad copy, right? Um, and, and that's, that's really the thing is that if you want to know what's going to work, you eliminate the things that you know don't work or, and you kind of like rank those in, in, in order. Okay. So that's the, the general philosophy from, from, from figuring out like keyword profitability. Um, now in terms of SEO, I guess, you know, in order to figure out what, uh, what a good keyword or a good keyword group is or highest opportunity, the idea is that you take the amount of search, the, the, like the amount of searches that a keyword gets and you take your current position and you plug those values in to a little equation that takes into account the click curve and you figure out how many clicks you could get if you moved yourself up and, and we calculate that in our reports. We, we calculate like a 25% movement as an incremental movement. Um, and then there's obviously the full Monty going all the way up to uh, the first position. And, uh, hypothetically, you could calculate the entire you know, range of, of, of clicks. And then you say, okay, how much, how, much, uh, how much would it cost me if I were to pay for this click and pay for click? And we actually discount uh, an organic click versus a paid click. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really. Uh, I could go into that, but it would kind of take like five minutes <laughs> to explain. <laughs> but we basically discounted in a in a in a fairly you know scientific way. And um, and uh, and so then then when you multiply all those things together, then you get this uh, the value of, uh, of 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 actually increasing your rank on that keyword. And so you know you're not you're not. One of the cool things I'm hearing about about SpyFu as a tool is it's not only giving you actionable intelligence, it's saving you money by preventing you from going down, you know, um, unprofitable paths. Um, we got a question in our chat room. Um, Kevin Gamash asked, when is PPC recon files, or when will PPC recon files be made available in beta? That's a good question. Um, what we're doing right now is it actually could go. We could take it to beta at any point. Um, we actually have it have it ready. What we're doing is um, we're actually improving some bits of our uh, of our core data collection um, to to make the to make it actually even even better before we release it. Um, we've had uh, uh, we're we're actually improving like how we get uh, the accuracy of our like. Um, uh, cost per click numbers. Uh, we figured out just recently, just like maybe in the last couple of weeks, we figured out a way to get like even better data than we currently have. Um, and, uh, and so we're waiting to just kind of shore that up um, so that so that we can create even better better predictors. What's your um, when, you, when you're thinking of introducing a new product or feature to the to, to SpyFu? What's your development cycle like? Oh, uh, we do uh, we we do like. Um, uh, three-week sprints. Are you guys familiar with sprints and how how sort of that agile method works? Um, basically, you organize things into like little releases, whether they're internal or external releases. So I manage things in terms of three weeks. Sometimes we go four weeks, depending on how. Um, uh, generally, it's like well, who cares? <laughs> like why I decide to go three or four weeks, right? But basically, uh, the urgency of getting something out. 
Um, hey, that, that sounds pretty straight. Like, that's that sounds pretty flexible. Like you guys, you guys can move really quickly on new things. Um, what's your uh, in your in your uh, development department? What, what do you reckon your headcount is, or can you say? Say, say that again. What's the what's the question? Well, what's Five Foods headcount? How many how much how many staff do you have? Oh, uh, we have uh, ten ten people. Actually, it's uh, nine people, and uh, so ten including me. That's amazing. I I love the idea that you can build a tool for a global industry, and your operation itself is lean, mean, and absolutely flexible. Yeah, yeah, we're. We're like surprisingly engineering driven um, for being sort of in the marketing space. Like, um, you know, two of my people are marketing people, and everyone else is an engineer. So it's, um, I don't know. I'm kind of a nerd, you know. So <laughs> we could we could probably market better uh, and more effectively, and, and spend more money on marketing than than um, than engineering. But I like to solve the problems, and people will eventually come and find out about us. All, all across America, 20,000 hands just shot up at once saying, hey, oh, yo, yo, call me, call me. Um, <laughs> when, uh, what prompts you to, 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 to start adding on to the tool, to start creating a new feature? What, what pushes you to, to know that you have to get working on something? You, you know, I just, like, want to... The funny thing is, is there's a lot of opportunity to do things that are um, that other people have done and be really profitable at it. Um, but I've never been able to do that. It's really actually the formula for success. You can find a market that exists and uh, and you know take like some percent of it, right? Uh, bid management or something. You could build a bid management tool and try and take like you know five, ten, twenty percent, right? Just start chipping away at it. It would actually be a pretty profitable thing, pretty big, pretty big market. But I personally only like to do things that have never been done before. Um, spy foo didn't exist. And there's no such thing as of like other spy foo. Um, recon files is really uh, the SEO recon files is extremely uh, different than any other SEO report uh, that you could you could hope to find. Um, and even even my first company, which was which was doing web scraping, we we sort of invented that industry. So um, really, for me, it's kind of, um, I'd like to say it's like I want to solve everyone's problems, but really I, I like to do brand new things that have not been solved at all. Um, so that's actually <clears throat> a strength and a weakness. <laughs> do you get a lot of feedback from users? Yeah, you know, but the thing is, is that... Um, uh, we do that after we release a product. We don't we don't actually base product development on, on user feedback. Um, we we base we base product enhancements. For example, with, with uh, SEO recon files, I didn't necessarily know that people would want to send have the report automatically send directly to their clients. I figured they want to like look at it first. But most uh, but like a significant number of our, our our major clients are like. Let me put in my client's uh, email. I want this thing to go directly to them. Um, they also, uh, you know, there's there's several other things that, that people ask for. Uh, they definitely wanted to put in their own competitors. They wanted to put in their own competitor list. I kind of thought that that would happen, but um, there are several things that I didn't, I did that we've that we added to the product that I didn't expect people would want. Oh, a two and like a uh, 
um, people wanted to be able to change the title and like the um, they wanted to be able to say, put an address on there and say it's uh, produced by and uh, I'm sorry present, presented to something like that. They want they wanted to basically have a to and from field on there so that it seemed a little more custom. I thought it was a great idea. We're, but we're generally, half the battle in client services or client management, eh? What's that? Reporting is half the battle. Reporting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we built, we built recon files from the ground up to be completely white labelable. You can't tell even by, like, internal links on the on the PDF or whatever that it's that it comes from us. It's, like, all totally anonymized. It's extremely yeah. white labeled. Got a little bit of listener feedback, again, from uh, Kevin Gamash in the uh, Webmaster Radio chat room. And Kevin asks, what about incorporating the new top ad CPC in AdWords? Is that available to be included in the SpyFu cost estimates? I'm sorry, there's like some kind of a little bit of a warble or whatever, and, and, and I, I didn't quite understand the question again. I'm sorry. Okay, how about, and again, this is the question from the chat room, what about incorporating the new top ad CPC in AdWords? Is that available to be included in the SpyFu cost estimates? The top ads PPC. Okay, you know what? Uh, just got a note from the studio. We should take a break here. I had, I had a question on how you figure out cost estimates, but we can get back to that after we uh, take a break. Um, Mike, if you could uh, stick around for uh, a couple more minutes. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Webmaster Radio. We'll be back to round out the hour on Webcology. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. November 16th. 2004. The beginning of WebmasterRadio.fm and its immediate impact on the internet business world. AdTech. AFCON. Search Engine Strategies. Conversion Conference. Search Bash. Affiliate Bash. We bring you the most extensive and detailed trade show coverage, coast to coast and worldwide. Trade show coverage delivered your way. Download it on demand now on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're rounding up the hour, and we actually only have uh, just over five minutes left. Um, we also have this really sweet chat room, and Kevin Gamashi was asking questions of uh, of Mike, president and founder of SpyFu, and um, well, 
Mike, why don't you really quickly recapsulate because you, you gave Kevin, I think, the answer he wanted. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was talking about the, um, uh, the, in Google, in the AdWords tool, um, you can now see, like, what it costs to get in the top position because there's obviously a higher click-through rate and uh, better branding value to, um, uh, to being in the top, um, top three positions um, versus the side, right? There's the top and there's the side in AdWords. Uh, and Google is now, it's kind of a new step that they just started providing. A lot of people have been talking about it. And, um, and he asked if we can get that into, into Spy Food someplace. Um, and I said, absolutely. It'll definitely show up in the uh, PPC competitive intelligence report. Uh, it'll, it'll show up there first because that's what we're actively developing. And, um, um, but I think we've talked about, like, in the, in the very, in the relatively near term, like maybe in the next three months. Um, redesigning, redeveloping the, uh, the, the, um, the actual keyword page, the term page part of SpyFu. So um, I think it's a great candidate to show up there. Now, I'm, I'm going to jump in with, with sort of a side question and take it aside. With pay-per-click, of course, it's really quite easy to, to calculate your ROI for most businesses, right? You know what it costs uh, to get some traffic. Now, when we were on stage, you were also chatting uh, organically, and, and you had a I think quite a bright and really simple formula um, for calculating what your approximate click-through rate is going to be through the organic results as well. Um, do you want to maybe just, because I thought it was really, really handy for a lot of people, click off the top of your head what's the difference in traffic from one to three, et cetera. Do you want to share that with our audience? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, if you want to uh, be able to do, like, if you want to, let's say you have a keyword and you know that it gets like 100,000 searches or something like that. Um, and, you know, you're just talking to a client or you're talking to, you know, your boss or just talking to whoever. And you want to be able to know, like, off the top of your head, how many, um, how many searches or how many clicks am I going to get if I'm in the number one position on that keyword? All right, so 100,000 clicks or, you know, we could just, yeah, 100,000 is fine. Okay, so it's 20%, roughly 20%. Um, because you may have heard like 42% or something like that, but the thing is that not all searches result in clicks. So if you take the search volume, your number one position is going to get you 20%. Remember that it's like tipping, right? 20%. And then the second position, you basically divide in half and round up. So it's 10%. Second position is 10%. Third position is 5%. Um, Fourth position is uh, divide by two, round up, so it's 3%. Fifth position, divide by two and round up, so it's 2%. So um, you can pretty much, uh, in, in like, you know, just while you're standing there talking to somebody and they want to know what the difference is between the third position and the first position, well, it's about four times more clicks that you can expect. Um, so you can do that off the top of your head. It's a really handy sort of mnemonic or, or just, in, you know, off, off your head. And that's actually, you know, really pretty close, close enough actually for, you know, that, that sort of estimate. So anyway, on that 100,000, you're going to get 20,000 clicks in the first position. In the second position, you get 10,000 clicks. In the third position, you'll get 5,000 clicks and so on. Now, some of the, uh, some other before, right? of, um, of, of great advice that you had uh, given out during it, um, and this relates a lot to, um, you know, in, in, Communicating and, and, and dealing with uh, with competitive research, you were talking about grouping and, and trying to, to help move people away from this idea of a keyword um, and and more towards keyword groups. And I know we've only got a couple minutes here left in, in the show, but 
can you tell me what the, how do you do that? How do you convince your client um, to, to stop watching this specific keyword um, and maybe be more concerned with the group and, and maybe touch really quickly on, on what is a keyword group and then, and then how do you measure it and report on it instead of a, an individual keyword? Sure. Well, I mean, I think that you're the, you know, you're the expert and, you know, if you just start the communication process with them, telling them that they should think in terms of keyword groups um, and, 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 and when you communicate with them, communicate in terms of keyword groups, I think that you move them in that direction. Obviously, they're, they're always going to think about a certain search because they can type it in themselves. But, um, but if, you get them, if you get them thinking in terms of keyword groups as sort of the, um, you know, as, as their KPI, right? Like here, like look at this keyword group. We're moving up in ranks on this keyword group. Um, it's, it's a great thing. And obviously the idea there is that if you have a single keyword that they're following, it's going to fluctuate a lot more, you know, than, uh, than, 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 than a keyword group. You're going to have consistency across the keyword group and, um, and a fairly high um, amount of, of volatility in a single keyword. Um, and, you know, you'll end up spending like half of your life explaining to them that everything's going to be okay and, uh, and less time telling them to give you more money. And really you want to be spending a lot of your time telling them to give you more money. So um, uh, the, way that you, the way that you actually, you know, organize things into groups and start talking about groups is to basically build those groups and then, uh, and then, and then uh, build them like by manually curating them or using various tools, um, our product or, you know, there's like Workstream uh, that you can use. Um, use these products to create your keyword groups and then roll up all of your stats um, by keyword and into that, uh, into that keyword group. I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense uh, over the phone. Maybe it would make more sense with a slide or something. Well, luckily, luckily, we have a really smart audience because um, I'm afraid that's we have to leave it there. We have uh, SEM Synergy coming right up behind us. Uh, we, uh, I think actually they recorded quite a bit of it at the Pow Conference in Hawaii last week. But uh, Mike, we're gonna have to have you on again because I have a dozen more questions I want to ask you. Um, awesome, I appreciate it. I love it. It's a tyranny of hard time. Um, Mike Roberts, uh, president, founder of Spy. Oh, before we go, this would be it would be wrong not to ask. For folks who aren't using SpyFu yet, how do they start using it? How do they get engaged with you guys? Yeah, so uh, SpyFu, you can go to, there's actually a significant, we're, we're, you know, we have about 250,000, maybe 300,000 now people that use us on a monthly basis. Um, they use the free site. Uh, and then, you know, we have about, uh, I don't know, 8,000 people that, that pay. And, um, and the difference is that, you know, uh, you go to SpyFu, you know, the free site, you see, you know, like the top ten of everything, and um, and you can use some of the tools, but you can't use the full functionality of, of, of everything, right? But uh, you can go to SpyFu, type in a domain name, and, and see like the the main result. Um, you can go and you can go to SpyFu Combat, and you can type in two domain names and see where they overlap. Um, you can even use Keyword Smart Search and type in a keyword and see like the best keywords in you know that are related to that keyword. So there's a whole bunch of things that you can start using, and then you know if you want to pay, it's, it's seventy nine dollars a month, um, or like you can start out with recon file for eighty nine dollars a month. You know, it's money well spent. Uh, just spyfu.com. Hey friends, uh, that was Mike Roberts, the founder of of spyfu. Um, stay tuned. We have SEM Synergy coming up from Hawaii, or at least recorded in Hawaii. 
Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Beach Talk SEO. You've been listening to Webcology. We'll be back next week. <laughs>